Good evening and welcome to India Decides at 9. The big story we're breaking tonight, a new clash between the Congress and the BJP over the government's choice of yet another retiring bureaucrat for a plum posting. NDTV has accessed a dissent note from the BJP against the appointment of the former NIA director SC Sinha as a member of the National Human Rights Council, saying it's disappointing that at least two places on the panel have been reserved for bureaucrats and police officers and that the possibility of future favor has compromised the autonomy and independence of major investigative bodies. For more, my colleagues Barkhadat and Rahul Srivastav join me at this time. Barkha, uh, first to you, we believe you have actually accessed the contents of this dissent note. Can you share the details with us? That's right, Maya. NDTV bringing you these exclusive details of the dissent notes written by both Arun Jaitley and Sushma Suraj, the leaders of opposition, against the appointment of SC Sinha of the National Investigative Agency to a position on the National Human Rights Commission. The argument made uh, by Arun Jaitley first in his dissent notes, the copies of which uh, you, you can see now on your screen, Arun Jaitley makes the argument that as soon as there is, uh, 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 there is a post-retirement favor, as it was, as soon as there is a post-retirement posting that is to be procured, an officer cannot possibly perform his functions independently. That's the argument he makes in his uh, detailed uh, dissent note in which he cites several previous examples, Maya, of other heads of investigative agencies, uh, uh, th naming three uh, who have been appointed to post-retirement positions. All three of these named in Arun Jaitley's uh, dissent notes, of course, have been CBI chiefs. He names uh, A.P. Singh and Ashwini Kumar, among others, whom he says have uh, headed these investigative agencies and then got these post-retirement uh, uh, posts. Sushma Suraj's dissent note uh, makes a different sort of argument, but a connected argument. She too strikes a dissent with the appointment of S.C. Sinha to a position on the National Human Rights Commission saying that on this panel, one post each has already been bagged by the IAS and the IPS. And this is a body that, according to her dissent note, would be served better by women, by journalists, by human rights activists by, let's say, tribals from the northeast. She wants people on the margins or people who have been in a position of activists actually to be brought into this panel. Now, what if you see the totality of these two dissent notes together, what you're hearing from the BJP is, in a sense, brings back a deja vu of what happened with P.J. Thomas when the BJP had opposed his appointment to the post of CVC. Eventually, the Supreme Court did strike down that appointment, but the government pushed ahead anyway. Right. We believe, according to our sources, that that's what the government is doing with S.C. Sinha as well. Right. Uh, Barkha, stay with us. Rahul also joins us for more uh, on the perspective from the BJP. Rahul, uh, Barkha is pointing out this is not the first time the BJP has also uh, created this kind of opposition to government appointments for panels, uh, referring earlier, in fact, to an earlier opposition to the NHRC uh, panel as well. Uh, uh, was this dissent note expected? Did we see it coming? Uh, is it a sign of things to come actually as far as the political scenario is concerned and the war between the Congress and the BJP hotting up now uh, in the run-up to 2014? Maya, these are the two dissent notes, one by Mr. Arun Jaitley and one by Sushma Swaraj. They are, they are basically very clear, distinct uh, uh, dissent notes. But the element which is very important is that it is perhaps the BJP through these dissent notes has constructed or perhaps added to a argument, political argument it has been trying to construct against the UPA government. It perhaps, as Barkha mentioned, started at the time when the 2G scam start started and after, uh, after the issue of Mr. P.J. Thomas being appointed the CVC. The BJP has been building a case against the government. There have been too many scams. This is a corruption-tainted government. 
After that, the next argument the BJP added that the investigating agencies controlled by the government, like the CBI and others, haven't been doing a good job. Perhaps they have been acting as an extension or an arm of the government, have never, uh, have never displayed any sense of neutrality. After that comes the next argument that it is perhaps the neutrality is being compromised by the government by the very fact that the government dangles the carrot of a post-retirement job in front of these officials who are presently serving directors. Four directors the government has appointed since the UPA came to power. Three of them have been given plum postings after retirement. So if you look at it, the entire argument is that there is corruption. There is uh, no proper probe. And how can there be a proper probe if the government keeps giving these kind of extensions? It is actually compromising the neutrality of the agencies. Also, it is which was expected because the BJP has taken a tough stand when it submitted an amendment to the Lokpal bill when it talked about the fact that the CBI director should have the security of a tenure, but also there should be no post-retirement job for him because that will compromise investigations. If you look at all these elements, perhaps the BJP is trying to create not only an argument against these appointments, but creating a larger argument against or charge against this government that there is no, no fair dealings and there is no fair probe. Right, uh, Rahul and Barkha, unfortunately completely out of time, have to leave it there, but thanks both of you for joining me on the story that we have broken tonight. The BJP has written a, a dissent note, a copy of which is with NDTV, uh, against the appointment of uh, SC Sinha to the NHRC panel. This is the former director of the National Investigative Agency. The BJP making the point that there are plenty of other people meritorious of this position and that uh, uh, an investigating officer should not be given a promise of a future favor because it compromises their independence during investigations. Well, we will, of course, keep tracking the fallout of uh, this story on the political front. But let's move on to the latest from uh, the Congress and Samajwadi Party uh, face-off that we have been seeing over the last few days. Uh, coalition politics really at its best. Union Steel Minister Beni Prasad Varma now continues to challenge the friend turned enemy Mulayam Singh Yadav mincing no words yet again. Beni Prasad Varma attacked Mulayam Singh Yadav's secular credentials and quoting controversy. He said he's willing to suffer any consequence for his assault on the Congress's ally. Union Steel Minister Beni Prasad Varma could very soon be without a job. Sources in the Samajwadi Party tell NDTV the Congress has given an assurance they will drop him perhaps before the budget session resumes. A move to buy peace with Mulayam, who is now bristling as the man who was once his friend continues to spew venom against the Congress's most crucial ally. Perhaps sensing that Mulayam's pressure may lead to his sacking, Beni has sharpened his attack on Mulayam. Just over a week ago, pushed by the Prime Minister Beni Prasad Varma, accompanied by the Parliamentary Affairs Minister Kamal Nath, had regretted his comments that triggered the protests by the Samajwadi Party. 
उसको हम अच्छा नहीं मानते हैं हम सोनिया जी राहुल जी के लिए समर्पित हैं कांग्रेस के लिए समर्पित है वो जो कहेंगे वो करेंगे लेकिन ऐसा मौका आएगा नहीं नाउ द कांग्रेस इज फोर्स टू डिस्टेंस इट फ्रॉम बेनी समाजवादी पार्टी हमारे जो है सहयोगी है उनका समर्थन हमें हासिल है उस समर्थन की हम वैल्यू करते हैं रिस्पेक्ट करते हैं उस समर्थन की कि मेरे बाबू क्या कह रहे हैं उस पर मैं कोई टिप्पणी नहीं करना चाहता आफ्टर द डीएम के पुलाव द कांग्रेस डेस्परेटली नीड्स मुलायम्स ट्वेंटी वन एम पीज एंड बेनी प्रसाद वर्माज एग्जिट गुड वेल बी द ओनली वे टू कीप इट्स मेजोरिटी इंटैक्ट देखिए श्रीमान जी से निपटने के लिए हम हर चीज भुगतने को तैयार विद कैमरा पर्सन राजेश गुप्ता इन लखनऊ एंड राहुल श्रीवास्तव इन न्यू डेली अनंत जनाने फॉर एनडीटीवी Well now on to our special focus tonight shocking statistics that don't bode well at all for women's safety in the capital in spite of new measures in place and greater social awareness the delhi police says sexual crimes have seen the sharpest rise in the last 3 months compared to the same time last year is this because crimes are rising in general or because people are more aware and willing to report the crimes more confidently tanima biswas reports two siblings kidnapped and murdered in east delhi a 7 year old girl raped in her school in outer delhi A 19-year-old girl from Delhi gang raped in an auto in the Delhi suburb of Ghaziabad. A wealthy businessman with political clout shot dead at this farmhouse in South Delhi. Incidents in the national capital region this year which have shocked the country. Now the latest figures of cases registered by Delhi police for the first 3 months of this year show there has been a huge surge in crime compared to the same period last year. Molestation cases have seen the sharpest rise with police registering 794 cases compared to 115 last year. 359 rape cases have been registered this year compared to 143 last year. There have been 1040 kidnapping cases this year. It was 680 cases for the same period last year. 486 snatching cases have been filed. There were 281 cases last year. The number of murder cases though have gone down from 119 last year to 89 this year. After the horrific gang rape last December, Delhi police had made safety for women their top priority. But has anything changed on the ground? For people who have been part of the protests post December 16th, Delhi seems to have become more lawless than ever before. The measures that they were taking were largely in this regard of telling women to, you know, restrain themselves. The fact that they are registering a case and there are more cases being registered is definitely an outcome of the pressure. Delhi police though says that they are mostly registering cases which are complaints related to women and that if the trend continues this way it would actually be grounds for them to recruit more men and ask for more operational support to tackle the situation badi chinta ye hai ki delhi ki mukhyamantri ne aam janta ko tense kar diya hai ji tanav mila diya hai ye keh kar ke unki beti bhi delhi ke andar surakshit nahi hai to unko chahiye akhbar mein bayan na dekar wo apni congress ki kendra sarkar ke paas jaakar जो एक्शन करना है उसको उठाए सीनियर पुलिस ऑफिशियल्स क्लेम दैट ऑफ लेट देर बीन शिफ्ट इन देर थिंकिंग एंड नाउ दे इनकरेज ऑल पुलिस स्टेशन टू फाइल एज मेनी केसेज एज पॉसिबल तो इट एड्स प्रेशर टू द एग्जिस्टिंग सिस्टम दे से देर ओनली कंसर्न वुड बी इफ दीज केसेज आर नॉट वर्क आउट दो फॉर द पीपल इन डेली देर इज बीन नो मेजर रिलीफ एज फार एज द लॉ एंड ऑर्डर सिचुएशन कंसर्न आफ्टर सिक्सटींथ ऑफ डिसम्बर विद कैमरा पर्सन धनपाल एंड सिद्धार्थ पांडे इन न्यू डेली तोनिमा विश्वास फॉर एनडीटीवी 
for joining me to take this discussion further in the studio, the senior Supreme Court lawyer, Vrinda Grover, an activist who was also part of the Delhi Rising campaign, Shruti Singh, and the Joint Commissioner of Police uh, for Delhi, uh, Tejinder Luthra. Mr. Luthra, let's go across uh, to you first. Uh, the statistics are what was would have been uh, released by the Delhi police. They're not something that instill a lot of confidence in the citizens of the city. My point is contrary. Rather, our statistics uh, should instill a lot of confidence in the women because after the extremely unfortunate incident of 16 December, police has been sensitized much more than it was ever before. We have established women help desks which work round the clock in the police station and more importantly, we have changed our protocol in dealing with the women complaints. What we have done is, earlier, when a woman would give a complaint, we would first conduct a preliminary inquiry and then turn into an FIR. In this process, many FIRs were not registered. But now what we have changed the protocol is that we register the FIR, whatever the woman is saying in the first place, mm -hmm. we do not conduct any preliminary inquiry and we are registering verbatim FIR on the complaint straight of the away. woman. Yeah, straight away. Right. And we have given free hand to uh, everybody down the police station. Rather, we are encouraging them, if a woman comes, you must register the case immediately, investigate it promptly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is the reason we are seeing this uh, big number which we are talking about. Right. But I must also tell you that this trend is a healthy trend. We should not be afraid of okay. this trend because free registration in police station ensures three things. Right. First is transparency, second accountability and third is delivery of service. Right. That, okay. A fair point. That's what uh, we are saying the Delhi police has been uh, talking about as well that this is actually a good thing. It should be looked upon positively. Uh, but Rinda Grover, you tell me, do you agree with this view that the Delhi police is giving because the, the numbers seem alarming? Yeah, I think there is much more at play over here. And I think we'll need to reckon with that also. All of it is not what, uh, what the Delhi police is saying. I think there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of accuracy in what Mr. Luthra is also saying. I think what December 16th and the outrage, the protests, and the subsequent conversation and public discourse that developed after that, mm -hmm. what it did was to break the culture of denial and the culture of silence over sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And sexual violence became came center stage and everybody was compelled to talk and discuss. Mm -hmm. As well as state agencies were compelled to change track, as Delhi Police is saying, it has done. Right. That has led to many things. Not only change of protocol, we still need to see how that will play itself out over a long term. It has also led to perhaps women standing up and saying this is wrong what is happening with me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tolerate this molestation. So the women's movement when it's articulated uh, aspects of bodily integrity, of autonomy, of agency, of control over one's body, I think we are also seeing women coming out and saying I am not going to accept this conduct. Mm -hmm. I also want to add here a completely different dimension which we need to be very very wary and the police particularly needs to take note of. Right. There is also a backlash and a rise in crime that is taking place. This is not just reporting. The kind of uh, figures that we are seeing. I mean, uh, either we are seeing that there was absolutely no FIR being recorded. I don't think that that's the Delhi police's case presently. There is also perhaps a backlash of violence that women are facing. So what is the preparedness As a result of the kind of, of awareness this issue that is coming being created? Stage and women asserting their autonomy and so women asserting their rights. Right. And what is the preparedness of the state 
against that I would like to right. know. Right, so you are nodding your head in agreement. Do you feel that there is a backlash uh, given the fact that on the one hand there is all this awareness, there are laws that are being changed, the police is becoming more proactive and yet there is this specter of violence that seems to possibly have become larger than it was? It is, it is very alarming. The figures are, speak for themselves. I think I do agree with Mr. Luthra and I do agree with Ms. Grover. And yes, it could be because FIRs are getting registered. But I think it's also because uh, it's, a, it's a fight between male dominance and women dominance. And when women are coming out in numbers and speaking about, you know, we won't take this anymore. And that's when you see a lot of um, male dominance also saying that, you know, the crimes can take place. But I think you can talk about uh, people, uh, you know, uh, getting enraged and stuff like that. But it's also because um, the flaws in our system, whether it's registration of FIRs or whether it's getting redirected to the right department, right. Uh, which would take care, or the judiciary. You can put fast track courts, but what will happen to the other cases? You know, because you're not, you don't have uh, systems which can, you know, right. cater to the fast track courts. Right. So I'm more worried about what would happen to. That's a good point, Mr. Luthra. You, you know, this is also, also part of a process, a, a police and legal process. When a, when somebody goes to a police station with a complaint, you are saying now we don't ask any questions, we register the FIR. What kind of pressure does that put on the police and to then follow up on those yes, FIRs? Just the investigative process, yes. right? Uh, this is a very pertinent question because when we are registering more and more FIRs, we need more investigators. We need more buildings. We need more resources. We need more uh, manpower. Mm -hmm. We need more uh, vehicles. So definitely, but let me tell you that free registration is the only way to assess how many resources you need. Right. It is. It can indicate you what should be the management of your resources. Unless we register all the FIRs, we would never be able to know whether we need 100 policemen or 150. We would never be able to know whether we need 100 PCR vans or 150. So, therefore, free registration is highly essential. Right. But, uh, uh, Ms. Grover, actually this is turning out to be a kind of chicken and egg yes. kind of syndrome yes. because uh, the police will say, fine, we're registering the cases, we have no manpower to work on them. Then there is another no, aspect. I, I'm not saying that. No. Please don't misunderstand. No, no, no this I don't thing. mean to misunderstand. I'm the only fact saying that it, it is the a process, pressure. The process it, has started. Right. It will indicate us how many resources we need and we'll and try you'll, to. And we'll try and get those get resources. Those resources. Okay, I think ahead. that's yeah. only one strand of what these figures should actually be. Uh, throwing out the alarm bells right, for. Right. The other strands are, as was pointed out, what is the investigation about? There has been enough conversation and more in this country that there is an institutional bias against women. Right. That is why the FIR was not getting registered. Is the investigation now going to be professional? Or is it still so, going to be, can a 35-year-old woman be raped? And is that what is going to... Where are the new protocols of investigation? How is the investigation going to be supervised? Are those who are not going to be following so those protocols be called to account? In a sense, who what is, you're seeing what is what are the major kind of responses? I'm saying this is not just about resources. This is about changing the manner in which you work. I would not use the term free registration. It's called registration in accordance with the law. Hmm. The law mandates that there must be a registration of every cognizable offense whenever it is reported. So they're not doing anything that is outside the law suddenly. Right. For once, the Delhi police has begun to comply with the law. But that's the top-down instruction that has come it, as it well. It is not just a top-down instruction. It has come from the streets. It has come from the women. Right. And it has come from the law. The law passed by parliament just now right. says, it has yet to, of course, get the notification, etc. 
says if you will not register the FIR, it will be a penal offence. Correct. So that is what is bringing about a little bit of the change. But this is just the first step. Yeah. What are the changes in the investigation? How? What I'm saying is, you broke the culture of silence. We broke the culture of silence and the culture of denial, the culture of misogyny, mm -hmm. which we are seeing at full play in all, all our institutions, yes. and the culture of impunity. How are we going to change that? Unless you change these two, the culture of violence will not go away. So you tackle one, I mean the police might file that FIR, but then there's then all what? these other steps. Shruti, very quickly from you, then we'll get Ms. Luther to respond to this. Yes, I wanted to just add to that. The problem today is that such crimes are being committed because there's no fear of system, because they know that at the different stages they can get away with the crime, whether right. it's with police, whether it's prosecution or judiciary. So if there are changes which are happening, I think not only police reforms, we need to talk about judicial reforms and we need to talk about things which can take this the whole gamut the whole which is where the pressure is arising mr luthra these are very valid points and valid concerns the police is registering the fir but there are other steps and other processes how do you respond to both uh, ms grover and shruti uh, i absolutely agree with the, what vrinda grover has just said you know a police organization's performance uh, should be evaluated on two criteria number one whether the police organization is registering all firs according to the law Number two, if at all they are registering, what is the quality of investigation, whether mm -hmm. they are doing quality investigation, whether they are solving the cases promptly or not. I must assure you that not only we are registering the cases freely, we have also changed our protocols regarding investigations. Right. We are involving women NGOs in recording the statements of uh, uh, rape victims. Right. We are we are requesting doctors then please don't conduct the double finger so, tests. Mm -hmm. We have changed many protocols and we are ensuring that while investigating the case, the woman's dignity is not compromised. Right. So the, uh, m many factors, as you're saying. You know, the, like we said, these figures are extremely alarming. Uh, we hope that it's a reflection of the fact that women are coming out and not necessarily a reflection of crimes actually rising. Yeah. But, um, as Ms. Grover pointed but out, there are. I do not agree with one point which Ms. Right. Brenda Grover has just said about the backlash. Of course, backlash we can discuss about, but unless we have a concentrated study or research mm -hmm. on it, yes. we should not say that it is because yes. of the backlash. Fair, fair, okay, go ahead. Let, us, let us, therefore, the data that is coming, yeah. I think it requires research. You are absolutely yes. right. Let us analyze who are these, from which class, from which constituencies are these companies? So it boils down again is to the investigative Is it process? against stranger molestation and rape or is it within, yeah. the, family? within the family? Another Unless we have disaggregated data, yes. our responses cannot be fine. One, one very important aspect of the whole thing I would uh, like to bring to notice of your audience. Right. Whatever cases have been registered of molestation or rape, 90% of the victims are from lower and middle right. end of the society, That's which shows... Right. which shows that police is caring for women and that too right. from the lower end of the society. So I think now what the police is not only caring for high and mighty. Right. And now what the issue is that as we, as we seem to have evolved a consensus at least on one thing over here is that the need is now for the investigative process yes. to back up uh, the fact that these yes. crimes have indeed taken place and then follow the process further in order for women to actually feel that okay Delhi police or any other police in the country is sitting up and taking note of these problems. Unfortunately we're completely out of time. We'll have to leave with there, but thank you all very much for joining me in the studio. Stay tuned this moment. We come back after a short break.
Welcome back. It's indeed been a day of sport for cities competing in the NDTV Nirmal Fittest City Contest. We now leave you tonight with the best of our sports camps and their stars for the day. A lot of kids asking me about uppercut. Give half an hour of their time to stay healthy because healthy mind, healthy body is always healthy mind. I really want to make swimming fun for kids. If somebody is bowling a lot of back of length or bouncers, how will score run? I will try to hook it or I will try to play uppercut. Hopefully you will do well in coming years. All the best.